welcome to another episode of the FBL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Tonight, joining me again this week is Matt Day. Two weeks in a row, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I'm yeah buzzing to be on the pod again. Obviously, last week I was on um, when we were obviously talking about game week 22, and I said it was good to be back. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to come back again. So, um, yeah, buzzing. <laughs> buzzing to be back. Yeah. You know what the saying is, mate, when it rains, it pours. So um, <laughs> yeah. two weeks in a row. And um, it's perfect timing too because we both had good weeks this week. Um, I know there was a lot of questions about the triple captaincy on United Assets or holding it. And, um, you know, I know I can speak for myself and say that I'm glad I did do the triple captaincy on Rashford. How did your week go this week, Matty? Yeah, it was a good game week. Um, you know, I think it was one of those weeks where, I wasn't sure how well I was actually going to do because I knew a lot of managers around me were triple captain in Rashford as well. And I sort of looked at my side and I just thought, there isn't much difference to this side. Um, but a couple of decisions ended up going my way. Um, I'm bringing Bruno Fernandez. I played Lewis Dunk um, over Ben White and Lewis Dunk got a clean sheet. Um, and obviously Everton managed to score that goal against Arsenal. Uh, Kepa got me a good score. Um, Harry Kane got the goal with some bonus against Man City. So, you know, it ended up being a, a nice week, um, about 112 points, which was 108 with the with the minus four. The only sort of disappointment in my team was probably the one point from Tony with Brentford scoring three goals and Tony not getting involved in any of them, which really surprised me. But maybe that's a warning sign as to, to keep him for another couple more weeks because last time Tony did this to us, um, he ended up playing against Man City at the yeah, he had and scoring two goals. So, yeah, maybe that's a wait and see on Tony. But, yeah, good game week. Um, slowly getting out of the, um, you know, the slums of, of where I was before. I think I climbed from 5 million up to just in, around sort of the 1.9 to 2 million mark. So, slow progress. Um, yeah, it's not much, but it's, yeah, it's honest work. So, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, mate, and, and I'm a fellow um, in the trenches manager as well. So I had a good week as well, 102 points. Obviously, Rashi doing the business for me, getting me 60 points, had Bruno with the 12, had Kepper in goals for the 10, and, you know, a massive green arrow for me. I was sitting at about 2.2 million last week, and now I'm sitting at 1.4 million. So I think wow, I worked out progress. about 800K uh, uh, green arrow, and, as I said, mate, since week 15, I think I was about 5.2 or 5.3 million. So um, spoken like the great Miley Cyrus, I'm on the climb. <laughs> yeah, you are. So. You are. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you did tell me earlier you're about 100 points off the top 100K. So if you were able to claw back those 100 points over, say, the next four to five game weeks, which is possible with double game weeks, you know, top 100K yeah. finish with the way – uh, your season started. My season's been – it's a pretty good effort. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. 100%. I did set the bar at fo- top 500K to make it realistic, but um, <laughs> looking at that 100-point margin, I think I said to you last season, um, my brother-in-law, Brady, I think I had a 150-point lead on him and I ended up losing by 100 points. So there was a 250-point turnaround in the last sort of 10 to 11 weeks of the season. So, wow. you know, anything is possible. Um, like you said, um, it would be a good achievement, but yeah, just keep taking it a week at a time like yourself and also D10. We're all on the climb from the trenches and, uh, 
hopefully we'll be uh, to greener pastures over the next few weeks, but <laughs> we'll see. This game can uh, turn ugly in one week like I've seen multiple times this year, so <laughs> I'm not going to um, get too confident, but we might get into our podcast league. So this week our top scorer was Kant Haggett, 117 points, massive week from him. I think wow. the difference was between him and a lot of other managers was he had Matoma. So Matoma got him his 11 points. Then he had Rashford for 60 and then had Bruno for 12. So massive week for him. And then, you know, the top five, it's changed a little bit. We've got Hungo's 11 now in first place on 14.22. We've got Klops and Robbers sitting in second place on 14.08, who's pretty much been top three most of the season. And then we've got Pete, Memoirs of a Geisha, sitting in third place on 14.05. Unprotected Cess sitting in four, fourth with 1,400. And then we've got Stop It or Clop It, 13.99. So he's climbed the ranks as well. So some awesome team names there. And there it is. I always laugh at that Cess one. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it gets every time I, I look at it, it uh, gets me uh, all shy. So great name, Kyle. And, um, you know, I'm gunning up the list now i think i'm sitting top 50 now which is you know a massive achievement from where i was i don't think um my finger was getting sore from scrolling to find myself on the leaderboard but now you know sitting just above dan who's sitting in 51st and i think you're not far behind as well i think you are you're sitting in 68th and you're not that far behind either so we're all charging up the table hopefully i can make it top 10 in my own league by the end of the season but (laughs) you know uh, that could be a bit of a pipe dream at the moment because the people that are sitting in the top 10 are on a massive amount of points. I think they've still got about 110 points on me. So not going to, um, you know, lose hope trying to catch them. So we'll see how we go. <laughs> but we'll get into a couple of talking points. As I spoke to you off air, massive game weeks coming up. We've got the double this week with City and Arsenal. And then obviously we've got the blank game week in 25, which also now has a double as well. So, you know, a lot of talking points to get through. We might just start with the City double and the Arsenal double this week. Um, you know, one hard fixture against each other, but then obviously the easier fixtures in the second lot. So for me, KDB is a good option this week. I know he was rested last week, but I think in a fixture like this, he he's probably going to say the safest, but then I'll probably, um, mm. you know, look silly when he only starts one game. But for me, he probably has the the best floor out of the sort of second options behind Harlan. Like I know Mares has been really good, but likely Mares could play one game and not play the second game. So, you know, I've got, I think KDB is a good shout this week. If you are wanting to move off like a seller like me, who was, you know, on the ship and waiting for it to sink and it sunk (laughs) finally this week against the Wolves. So, yeah, I think KDB is a decent option. I think with the Arsenal double up, I would prefer to go three attack over defensive asset if you're sort of looking at moving to a third asset and you don't have a defender. I do like the double up of the attacking assets, sort of, you know, Odegaard, Saka, uh, Nketia, like even Martinelli. Um, yeah, the, they might get a clean sheet in that second fixture. I don't think they get one in the first one, but... I think there's a little bit more upside there with their attacking players because City's defense hasn't looked great either. So I could see them conceding goals as well. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Do you are you considering a triple up for Arsenal assets, or are you sort of looking at Man City? It is a tough one. I've got options in my team where a lot of the plan was 
to look to bring in someone like Saka this week, but I've sort of sat back and I've looked at it and I've thought, Arsenal are obviously on brilliant form this season. Uh, they are coming off a defeat against Everton. Um, Brentford at home, I think, is actually a very tough game um, with the way yep. Brentford have been this season, very organised. Then the Man City game, also at home. You just don't know how that's going to turn out with you know, the fact that City's form has been a bit patchy. Um, but again, like, are we going to get a response from Man City? Um, I think for Arsenal, like you said, I think the best triple-up is on the, the midfield and the strikers. So for me, I like Erdegaard, Saka and Nketia as the triple-up. I think that's the best Arsenal triple-up. But if you've got Ben White, you've got Erdegaard, um, and Ninketia, or you've got Saka, Ninketia, uh, and Ben White. You've got. I think if you've got two of those three, you're okay. You're safe. Yeah. I don't think you necessarily need all three. So I think if you can have at yeah. least two of those three Arsenal players there, then I, I think you'll be all right. Um, as for City, it's an interesting one with De Bruyne because he's not looked good since the restart. He did get dropped in the game against Spurs on the weekend come off the bench, did have a glimpse at goal. But again, like, is this going to be a, a typical De Bruyne comes back in the team and we see a reaction from him, especially in the big game against Arsenal, which he does have a good record in at the Emirates? Um, yeah. Will we see a response? It's just so hard to say and predict. For me, I think the best man City player outside of Haaland and Edison, because you know they're both going to play. It's Julian Alvarez. It sounds a bit crazy, but against Spurs on the weekend, he was one of their biggest threats. And I just look at the City team and they seem to be lacking something at the moment going forward because Haaland's obviously a a freak of a player, but when he doesn't do anything, like when he's not involved in the game, City are not scoring goals. Um, but Alvarez come very close a few times in the weekend and I was watching him and I was thinking he was good at the World Cup. He's had a bit of time post-World Cup now to train and, and sort of get back and swing a bit. And I think I've got a feeling he's going to get maybe a start against Villa, which would then give him a start against Arsenal or at least 30 minutes off the bench. I've just got this really good feeling about Julian Alvarez this weekend. I don't know what it is. Let's hope he does definitely start. But I think if you can get one and a half games, out of Alvarez, he could be a decent option instead of bringing in uh, Ninketia. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Just the shot. I think the shot he had on the weekend, that was a whisker close. And then he had another chance and he just looked, I just think City need to play him and Haaland together because Haaland's getting nothing at the moment. Nothing. Yeah. No, I like that. Would you, if you were tossing up this week, going like say a Saka, a Mares or an Alvarez, who are you picking? If I'm like, if I'm picking from those three, I'm, I'm still picking Saka number one. Yeah. Um, just because he takes pens um, and and he's got both games nailed. But if I'm picking between Mares and Alvarez, um, and I had a strong midfield option already, like say Bruno Fernandez was already in my in my midfield for the Leeds game, um, and then you know I've already got Erdegaard. Ben White, uh, Saka, so I can't get Nunketia. I would then get Alvarez up front for, say, if he were taking out Ivan Tony or 
you know, whatever other striker that you had to take out. So I would rank it Saka one, Alvarez two, and Mara's three. And this is based on the fact that Alvarez looked good on the weekend against Spurs. I know they lost, but he, he did come close a few times. He looked sharp. And City need goals at the moment. They need they need something different. And I think he can bring that. Um, that's the other thing. I said it on last week's pod as well. City had a lot of players at the World Cup. Now they're slowly starting to return to the team. Um, and he's one of them. And I think he can make a big impact for, for City in this last part of the season. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm just looking at now. I've got enough money in the bank if I'm wanting to do that Alvarez move. I can go Ferguson to Alvarez this week. So you've actually, um, yeah, put a bit of a thought in my mind at the moment. So we'll see um, where I go with that. But if you had a chip this week to use, are you using one or what one would you use if you were to use one? Um, I'm not using using them. So I've used my triple captain on Rashford in the last game week, which... I think I've, I've said to, to a few people now, it was a solid eight out of 10. Like I, I can't complain with 60 points and a triple captain. Like that's, you know, that's a strong score. Um, if I still had my triple captain available, um, would I use it for this game week over a bench boost, over a wild card, over a free hit? Uh, yes, I would. I'd probably say the, free, uh, the triple captain is still the best chip if you've got all of your chips available this weekend because... You can now captain uh, Haaland. Um, and there is potential for Haaland at home to get a hat trick against someone like Aston Villa or two goals and then score in the second yep. game against Arsenal. So I'd say triple captain is still my favourite chip for this weekend. Yeah, no, definitely. I think for me, if you didn't, if you weren't 100% confident, if you're not confident in Haaland this week for the triple captaincy and maybe just keep it because there are I think it's 29 or 28 that they're talking about a big double game week coming up so you could even go like a Harry Kane or someone like that so yeah if you're not 100% confident um, always feel like go for your gut um, don't sort of feel pressured into using it after seeing obviously the people that went Rashford you know got a decent score this week it doesn't mean that you know, you're going to have to chase it. I think if you feel it's the right week, use it. But if it's not, I think you can, um, yeah, just hold it to a bit later uh, for double game weeks. But we'll get into game week 25. So there's been a lot of talk about it. There was the blanks. Um, obviously, that got released. But now we're talking about double game week fixtures that week. So we've got Arsenal. We've got Leicester and Everton. Then we've got Everton, who have got Villa and Arsenal. We've got Liverpool, who's got Crystal Palace and Wolves. And then we've got Wolves, who's got Fulham and Liverpool. Do any of those sort of double game week fixtures interest you? Because I know Arsenal looks good on, I guess, on paper, but I think we'll speak in a bit uh, off air about it, that it might look a, might be a bit harder than what it looks. Yeah, obviously the Arsenal one, probably the easiest out of the teams on paper. Leicester away, Everton at home. But there is also the flip side of Everton beating Arsenal last week and Sean Dyche now playing that, probably going to play 11 men, 10 men behind the ball to stop just to get points on the board for Everton. So that you know that might not be the goal feast we all think it's going to be. Um, the Leicester one, you never know what you're going to get with them. So that's probably the, the easier of the two, I, I actually think. So um, you'd probably, yeah, you'd, you'd rank Arsenal's double as, as the as the easier one. 
Um, with Liverpool, they're just on miserable form right now. Like it's it's miserable. It's it's horrible. Really bad. But I would like to see if anything can dramatically change over the next two games because Yota's returning to training. Firmino's returning to training. There's rumours Van Dijk might be back. Um, I don't know what the latest is with Luis Diaz, but there's also rumours that Fabinho's going to be back. So if some of those players are back and and actually legitimately fit for game week 25, you'd have to expect that Liverpool are going to be better than the Liverpool we're seeing right now. Because think back to before the break, when Liverpool still had injuries, but they had quite a few of these players fit. Um, you know, and their form wasn't as bad as what we've seen now. Like, you know, I remember they beat uh, Bournemouth early on in the season, 9-0, and Luis Diaz got a couple of goals. Uh, they beat Newcastle. Um, you know, they had the game where they beat City. So there was games where, um, you know, they, the game just after the break um, from the World Cup where they beat um, Aston Villa 3-1, uh, and they had a lot of their players fit that day, and they still looked capable of scoring goals right now they just don't look they look awful like they look like they're relegation candidates right now but (laughs) but if they have three or four of those extra players in for this double game week could be interesting with with palace and wolves so yeah things can change quick in football so like look right now i wouldn't be saying to anyone you need to load up in liverpool assets now ready for that game week i'd be like nah don't waste your time. But if they start getting some of these players back, they pick up a result, you know, this week in the derby against Everton, next week um, in game week 24, maybe something against Real Madrid in the Champions League. Then you might look at it and think, okay, there's there's some hope here. They've got some players back. Maybe it's time to, to go on the Darwin Nunes train again. But yeah, for now, yeah, it's a complete no. But I'm... I'm I'm a little bit tempted to free hit that week because I am going to have a lot of players out. So I'm a bit tempted, um, but I also know there could be better game weeks. But yeah, I think it's really team dependent on, um, you know, on, on, on how your team's looking. But yeah, for now, like as of now, a game week, approaching game week 23, I would stay very clear of Liverpool assets. But by game week 25, we could be having a different conversation because players are going to be back and players are going to be fit. So yeah, let's see what happens. No, definitely. I think a good upside about the doubles getting announced is that people that aren't going to field a full side. So there's a lot of people that have your Newcastle assets, United assets, Brentford assets. You know, uh, people are probably going to be looking at playing with nine to ten players. But with these doubles announced, if you've got a couple of these doubles players, I think that that can um, make up the shortfall with only maybe playing nine or ten players that week. Is that... Is that something that you agree with or do you think that you still should be trying to target a full 11 that week? Yeah, I think if if you can get, like, it's, it's a tough one. I think it's like, this is the thing, right? If Liverpool were on form and with a Liverpool that we knew, we'd probably have a lot more of their players in our team right now. But, like, I'd be saying that you need to free hit and you need to triple up in Liverpool. But because they're not on form... And from that double game week, only really Arsenal were the team that you'd look at and think, okay, I want some of their players. You could still potentially go into those game weeks with 10 men um, 
and you might get away with it to be honest you might not really miss out on much um so yeah i still don't think i think we could get to a situation in a couple of weeks where some teams might just be like you know what like i'm just going to play with 10 men um there's going to be plenty of other double game weeks with the fa cup rearranged fixtures and you know the Carlin Cup, the Carabao Cup final, and all those teams—Brighton, Brentford, Man United, Newcastle—that need to find another game week to play two games. Um, you know that's that's another one where you know there's going to be another game week where we might be able to triple, uh, double up on uh, triple up on Man United again, triple up on Newcastle. You know, Captain Kieran Trippier. You know, things like that. <laughs> that you know, maybe yeah. we don't want to be too uh, hasty on on um, on these chips for game week 25. Um, and maybe it could be a case of just like, yeah, just put a team together, whether it's nine men, 10 men, you know, just have to suck it up. Like, look at this week. I had Tony in my team. He got me one point. Um, you know, you're going to get games. You're going to get players in a game week that might get one point or zero points. So if you play with 10 men in one player, you, you've got a player that's going to get zero points. You, you're not always missing out on much. So, yeah, I think it's just a wait and see. It's a wait and see. No, definitely. Well, before we get into talking about, obviously, the upcoming fixtures, we might just talk about some differentials or, or some plays that we're looking at uh, for the upcoming week. So for me, as a differential, after watching Chelsea play on the weekend, I thought they looked a lot better defensively. So I'm looking at, um, is it Bashile, um, their centre-back that they've just signed in the transfer window? 5.0 and 0.7% owned. He looked really good and he came close to scoring as well. So I think for people that are looking at downgrade options, I know I've got the likes of um, Robertson in my team. I'm looking at another option. I've got Kukureya as well, and he seems to be in and out of the, the starting lineup for Chelsea. So I'm looking at another option there at the back. And, you know, Chelsea's fixtures are pretty decent over the next six weeks. So, yeah, he's got you know, some good points, he could be a nice he? option. Buddy, like, and he yeah, just missed out realize. on bonus as well. Okay, I so think he was two bonus, million. and then I f- yeah, he was two bonus. I think heading into the last ten minutes, and I think that, he just missed out because Kepa got you know those saves. That's the thing with Chelsea; they're not scoring, but they're they're keeping it tight at the back again, and and the games are quite defensive. So yeah, he's got six points, six points, eight points. He's five million. I should have known about this guy as well because one of my friends is a Chelsea fan and put him in his draft team in one of my draft leagues. And he's been racking up points quietly. Um, yeah. And they've got, they've got the fixtures for more clean sheets. You can see a few nil nil draws in there. So yeah, that, that could be a, um, that could be a really interesting pick. Is there anyone that you would recommend as sort of a one week punt this week or someone that you like? It's a bit oh, of a differential. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. I know he misses. Oh. I know Callum Wilson misses game week 25, but if you've got a transfer up your sleeve, Callum Wilson away to his old club, Bournemouth, is 4.3% selected, 7.1 million. Scored against West Ham on the weekend with a bonus point. Looked really, really sharp. Just look at it this weekend and think, that's a different, that's, that's a one-week differential this week for me, away at Bournemouth for Newcastle. Like I know Newcastle don't score huge amounts of goals, but you could easily... That this is the type of game where Wilson could get one of his massive scores, like you know, a goal with three bonus or two goals. We've seen those games from him this year where he just out of nowhere, when no one's talking about him, he got like what nineteen or eighteen points at times. So like, yeah, Callum Wilson, 
for me, like him and probably Son. I know that probably sounds a bit crazy as well. I know you were raving about him last week, but his goal scoring record <laughs> against Leicester is very good. And he did look a little bit more himself against City. So, yeah, but I think if I'm going to pick one, it's it's Callum Wilson for sure with that Bournemouth game. Um, yeah, there's something about that that pick. And then, you know, next week you get Liverpool at home out of him, which, you know, that's an easy game as well at the moment. So, yeah, yeah Callum Wilson. <laughs> Callum Wilson just, yeah, but a lot of people will say no to him because he misses 25. But those same people said no to Mitoma and look what he's done lately. So, yeah, I think Callum Wilson. No, I like that. And after watching that Newcastle, I was watching the mini uh, game today. He could have had so many more goals. <laughs> he was in so many good positions. Trippier was putting balls into the box. Um, yeah, it could really be one of those games where he does get two two goals, gets three bonus, could even get two goals and an assist. I just think that um, he did look sharp, like you said, and that is definitely a fixture that, uh, you know, Bournemouth looked better defensively on the weekend, but I don't think that's an every every week thing for them. I think they're going to be inconsistent. So this could be the inconsistency um, that we're looking for, and it could be a nice win for Newcastle and lots of goals in it. So I like that shout. And obviously, um, talking to Bruce Wayne, I thought he looked good on the weekend again. So, yeah, I like that shout as well, mate. He's looked – he looked he hasn't looked like his full old self, but he's I think he's heading in the right direction. So – Definitely so. someone to keep an eye on. I think so. And like the thing about Son is he does go hot and cold. And obviously right now he's probably more on the cold side because he's not scoring many goals. Did get a couple of goals in the FA Cup, which were good goals. Um, but you need to keep tabs on Son from now to the end of the season because we saw what he did in the run-in last season, which come from out of nowhere, by the way. It wasn't – he was on awful form last season. I remember – there was a double game week for Spurs. Son did nothing. It was all Harry Kane. He, Harry Kane scored in the away game against Brighton and everyone was like, nah, Son is a terrible option. And then within a week, Son gets a hat-trick against Aston Villa and then, you know, ends up with a golden boot. And like, I think, yeah, he's someone that you just got to keep tabs on, um, especially with the Spurs fixture run right now. And I think um, injuries are coming back and there's a good opportunity for them to go on, and, on another another run. So, yeah, we'll see. No, definitely, mate. And we might just get into a couple of plays that we're looking at. So for this week, a couple of plays I'm looking at, I'm looking at a Madison slash Tetty. I think both of them looked Ooh. really good on the weekend. Madison uh, got got his goal and also, you know, looked lively. Could have had another goal as well. And then Tete got the, you know, awesome finish on the volley. He looked really good as well. Made some good runs. Got into some good areas. So, you know, I'm looking at them too. Then I've got Gapco, obviously, with the game 25, uh, week 25 double in mind. Just want to have a look at him. He did get a lot of chances, but he's suffering the Nunez curse. He's not finishing his chances. So definitely um, probably one to look at for this week. Um, and then obviously Mudrick and Jao Felix. I think Jao Felix makes his return this week from suspension. So I thought he looked really good in the 10-minute cameo before he got red-carded. So I definitely think um, both of those players are ones to watch. Modric got, I think, substituted at halftime, which I'm not sure why because it looks like uh, Chelsea just didn't want to win the game then when they took him <laughs> off. So, um, But Joe Felix back, I think he definitely could be a pick heading into these good fixture runs. Um, and obviously if you're wanting to downgrade or just move across from you know players that blank in 25, I think, 
definitely if he looks good this week, I'd be getting on. Um, but is there any players that you're looking at this week, Matt, that you sort of you're not going to pull the trigger on the transfer, but maybe for future reference? Yeah, I'm, I've mentioned, uh, might mention before, Kulazewski, someone, even though I've had him, um, I'm looking at him with this Leicester game, um, then the West Ham home game, Chelsea home game. You know, and then he's got a lot of good fixtures after that, Wolves, Forest. So he's someone I'm sort of keeping my eye, keeping tabs on, but you know, I'm not going to look at bringing him back in right now, but I'm keeping some tabs on him. Um, or who else am I keeping tabs on? Um even, let's see, like, I've been keeping my tabs on um, uh, with Forrest's form and some of their home games where they keep, you know, they find a way to keep clean sheets in these home games. Um, they've got a couple of good fixtures coming up. I've been sort of looking at maybe, uh, you know, a, a goalkeeper change with uh, someone like Kaylor Navas, <laughs> which could be quite cool. Oh, he looked amazing. Um, yeah, he looked brilliant. And I just was thinking, God, like, you know, he, he's got the opportunity to, keep clean sheets, get bonus. I'm, I'm looking at him. Uh, Rico Lewis as well at Man City because he's so cheap uh, and Cancelo was yeah. in there and he's someone that could, you know, you could get a start out of him in, in a good fixture. Um, you know, and he's obviously well-priced. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at him. Uh, and also Fraser Forster. Um, the fact that Lloris is now out for six to eight weeks. Um, you know, there's a goalkeeper for 3.9 million. Yeah. So if I was on a wild card now, he would come in as my keeper over Ward. Um, you'd save yeah. some money and you've got a Spurs goalkeeper as a backup, um, you know, with plenty of really good fixtures. So that, that's sort of who I'm keeping tabs on. But yeah, the Forster one, oh, and Tarkovsky from Everton. Uh, yeah. Scored that goal. Uh, he's got a double game week in 25. And I've got this sort of feeling now that we're going to see a lot of nil-nil, one-nil type of games for Everton. Very, very tight. They won't win a ton of games. They, they'll lose games. But when they do pick up points, I can see it being a nil-nil, one-nil, just like what they did against Arsenal. Yeah. No, I like it, mate. There's some good picks. And as you said, Everton's defence has looked a lot better. They did make it hard for Arsenal. I was watching the game and Arsenal got some chances but weren't getting clear-cut chances like Everton have been giving away earlier in the season. So Tarkovsky could be a great pick and he does feature in the bonus as well because he does get a lot of interceptions. And then on the weekend, obviously, he scored the goal as well, which helps. But, yeah, I like that pick, mate. Well, we might get into... The upcoming fixtures, so we'll start with the first game on Saturday night for us Aussies here. At 11.30, we got West Ham against Chelsea. I think this game could be quite tight. It wouldn't surprise me if it finished maybe 1-0 to Chelsea or one all, but I'm going to back Chelsea. I think 1-0 in this fixture. I'm going to back um, Bashile um, and Joe <laughs> Felix. I think two good options. I could see a clean sheet and then some bonus for him. And then I think Joe Felix will have his hand in the goal, whether he scores or gets the assist. So yeah, for me, I think uh, Chelsea can get the win, but I think it's going to be a tight fixture. What are your thoughts, Matty? Yeah, tough one to pick. I'm going to go 1-0 West Ham. Purely, and this is like, it's the ghost of Damo. It's the ghost of Damo. Obviously, Damo's not on the, on the pod tonight, <laughs> so I'm having to represent Damo. Um, and I'm going to back his team because... Chelsea can't score goals at the moment. Did you say Felix? You said Felix is back, though. Yeah, I think so. I had a look. Yeah. He's not flagged, and I think he comes back this week because he must have served his suspension. League games plus the League Cup game. If okay, that's correct. 
Now, there's just no goals in this Chelsea team right or now. FA Cup, sorry. Um, yeah, he must have. I oh, know they're out. They're out. But either way, there's no goals in this Chelsea team. Uh, West Ham looked a bit threatening at times against Newcastle. They obviously scored. Paquetta got that goal. Um, I'm feeling a typical sort of West Ham set piece at home. They said, you know, very good from corners last season. I can see, you know, David Moyes crowd, get, getting his team to crowd the box. Corner comes in and, you know, one nil up and then they'll keep, they'll sort of scrap it out and, and get the win that they need. And, you know, Chelsea just continue this kind of streak of just not being able to find the net. I can see it. Yeah. It's one nil either way, but I'll back West Ham because they're at home. I like it, mate. Damo is going to be loving you, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, positive is, yeah. juju. Actually, the last, <laughs> last this pod and last pod, mate, you've really shown a bit of love for West Ham, which you know Damo will really appreciate. I'm sure um, he'll be messaging me after this and this podcast saying, you know, Maddie's a good fella. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I did. Know. I think I bet the one-one draw, didn't I, in the Newcastle West Ham? Yeah. I said West Ham would score, and they obviously end up one-one because I just thought West Ham, although. They've not been great this season, um, as what we've seen in previous years lately. But they're one of those teams that they, they find a way sometimes to cause teams into sort of the top four, five trouble. Like they just they just have a knack of doing that, and like they can be in a relegation scrap, but still be Spurs one 0 or still find a result. You know, like they did against Newcastle the other day, or you know Chelsea. So yeah, they do find ways, and I think. Um, yeah, they've, they've still got quality in there. Pequeta, Bowen, Declan Rice. Um, you know, that's probably the main ones for now, but like they've still got some some good players. They, they won't go down. And I think, yeah, um, um, I think they could win this one. No, definitely. I'm just looking now. So he served his suspension in the, the Palace game, the Liverpool game, and the Fulham game. So he'll be right to return against West Ham this week. That is J.O. Felix. So okay. people that were looking at him, um, he's back this weekend. It's probably more of a wait and watch this weekend to see how he goes and if he can, you know, not get sent off uh, for his, you know, second game of his Chelsea career. But we're getting to our next fixture, which is the 2 a.m. game at Crystal Palace against Brighton. I think this could be a really good game. I'm going to say 2-1 to Brighton, and I'm hopefully third time lucky, Sully March, <laughs> to get some form of return this week. I think if you don't have Sully March or Matoma, I definitely think you want to get at least one of them in. And, you know, I don't mind a fly on Ondav. He looked really good. Um, unlucky with, you know, the three shots that he had that two were saved, one hit the post. So yeah. I am... Um, Definitely think as a bit of an outside shout, if you're wanting a third option up top for this game week, I don't mind it. But, yeah, probably be looking towards Matoma or um, Solly March. But what are your thoughts on this match? Uh, I think Brighton will... This is a derby, actually. They see that This is a rivalry. Brighton and Palace don't like each other. This is random derby that they created, like, in the old, like, Division 1, I think, or, like, the Championship, maybe when it was called Division 1 or... or since it's been the championship, but I don't know the full history on it, but like, there's a lot of jokes about how it's like, you know, a bit of a, you know, they call it a derby between the fans, but they kind of call it like the, you know, like a bit of a, just a soft derby, like that, that type of thing. Um, no one really knows why it exists. So like, yeah, Palace seem to get, get up for this one and they're, they're, they have pulled results, but yeah, I reckon, 
Is Zaha Zaha? Is he fit? Is he back? Did you say? Uh, I'll double check because he didn't play on the weekend, did he? From memory, nah, he so, was yeah, I think he's still fifty-fifty on this one. I wouldn't be able to confirm whether he's going to play or not, which could have a massive bearing on the game as well. So, yeah, I'm mm. not sure whether he's going to be back this week or next week. I'll go two-one Brighton then. I think two-one Brighton. Um, like I really want March to score. I really need. I need it for my own team. And picking <laughs> March over Matoma when I watched the Arsenal Brighton game a few weeks ago when Brighton lost four two, and I said Matoma is coming in my team for five point two million or whatever he was at the time. Then I saw Solly March and I said, actually, it's going to be March. Actually, it's going to be March because he went on that crazy run of goals. Now I'm like. Oh God, Matoma would have been a sort of a sixteen point swing. <laughs> so I need something from March. So let's let's be positive. March is gonna score. Um Brighton will win two one. March is gonna get two goals. Matoma will get the assist. Um one of the assists. <laughs> let's hope March gets two. Let's do it. Come on. Two one Brighton. Nah, I reset. And I might just uh allude to this fixture, right? Um the last three home games at Palace have finished one all. And the last four games, uh, there's four games have finished one all out of their last, I think, six. So <laughs> I'm not a betting man, but um, if anyone likes the exotics and going for <laughs> a um, predicted score, I think a one all could be um, some good value there. And remember, gamble responsibly if you are choosing the exotic bets. But yeah, uh, one all seems to be a very common score line in this fixture. So. And then I think the last time that it wasn't one all at home, uh, Brighton won two one to Palace. So I think it could be on the money there as well. So maybe throw uh, two little bets on there on the exotics if you're a gambling man. Um, we'll get into our next fixture, which is Leicester at home to your boys Spurs. I mean, this could be a cracking game actually. Um, Spurs defense looked a lot better, but I think. You know, Madison being back, fully fit, uh, Teti. I think this could be a really good game. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go three two to Spurs. I think they might give you a little bit of a heart attack for most of this game, Matt. But then I think <laughs> they're going to pull away towards the end there. And I think Son is going to be the man. Son and Madison this week. I think both of them are going to be the catalyst for their team. So yeah, I'm going to say those two plays this week. What about you, Manny? What are your thoughts with Spurs? And I might why you are giving your prediction maybe a couple of key takeaways from Spurs game on the weekend as well. Yeah, look, I'll start with the takeaways. Um, Harry Kane, record goal scorer for Spurs. Unbelievable, unbelievable achievement. Um, yeah, it's incredible how consistent that player is. And look, we know he's not won anything with the club, but I just don't think many players can carry a team on, like he's carried Spurs on there, but if it wasn't for him in these last however many years with all these goals, Spurs would not have had top four finishes, you know, got to finals, Champions League finals. They'd probably be in the wilderness in the, in the mid-table. He, he's been a big part of that. Um, and he's probably been let down by the club at times where they probably could have added an extra couple of players or they've sacked key managers, you know, at the wrong time. So like hats off to Harry Kane to get that record. You know, there's still an opportunity for him to try and win something this season. And I think if he was to even win the FA Cup with Spurs, the fact that we haven't won anything for so long, um, that would be a huge achievement. That that could probably be more to him and more mean a lot more to the club than 
someone like Jack Grealish winning the title at Man City, you know, last season playing, you know, 10 starts or whatever he did, like, you know, and the, obviously the allegations that, that have come out with City in the last few days, but, you know, a trophy for Harry Kane at Spurs would mean a lot. And, um, yeah, one of my takeaways was just that goal. It was a brilliant goal. Great ball from the Hoybier won the ball back. He played it to Kane and just in the moment was just brilliant. So yeah, congrats to Harry yeah. Kane. Um, yeah, that was amazing. And then, um, yeah, the defence, it looked a lot tighter. Um, considering we played Man City, who have obviously like not scored at this, this Spurs stadium now for f- five games, which is incredible. But I know he got sent off, but Romero was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think I, I watched a couple of Spurs videos and it was like, he's probably the only one of the only players that can get sent off and the fans still clap him off the pitch <laughs> because it's just the way he plays. It's kind of almost like when Man United had Vidic. And he was just so good that even when he got sent off for United, you couldn't say anything bad because it's like, you know, he might cost you with a red card, um, but he's going to, you know, make up for it for the rest of the season because he's just so good. Um, I thought he so, shut down Haaland pretty well. As oh, I think he did yeah, a great brilliant. job on Haaland. Brilliant. He was like, yeah, he was, he was brilliant on him. And um, the last takeaway I want to say is a player that's got a lot of stick this season from... Football fans in general, a lot of football fans, like even when I've gone out, watched games and everyone's been like, oh, that tech player is awful. He shouldn't even be a footballer. Um, Spurs fans are given a lot of stick. But I have to say the man of the match was Emerson Royale. Um, yeah, he was outstanding. Actually. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like, it was like we've signed Pedro Porro and all of a sudden, Emerson's like, actually, I need, I need to start doing my job now. And he's just been phenomenal. <laughs> he he just, he had Grealish. Like, Grealish is a brilliant player. And he, and he you know, and he, he, there was a couple of times he sort of got past his man. But for the most part, Emerson Royale was, he was ridiculous. It's the best game he has played in the Spurs shirt. And um, yeah, like credit where credit's due. He was, you know, he was phenomenal. So yeah, they're, they're definitely my takeaways. Um, and think about Emerson, like, I don't know if he's going to consistently stay in the lineup now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm liking the potential for Pedro Porro. Um, yeah. He's such good attacking stats at Lisbon. And I think this Spurs team has got potential to keep clean sheets down the track too. Um, but yeah, Emerson Royale, like, yeah, he, he can be a handy player every now and then in FPL because he, he loves a bit of bonus, bonus points. But um, yeah, I think now they're my takeaways. And I think for Spurs, like for this game, Harry Kane, eighteen goals in his career against Leicester. It's ridiculous. Like he's not, he, he scored against his team more than anyone else. I think two hat tricks. Um, he will score this weekend. Like I would happily like say yeah, like ninety nine point nine percent. Actually, I'm gonna. I, I think he's got a hundred percent chance of scoring this week against Leicester. That's big bias, but. His goal-scoring record against them is just incredible. I think he's on a bit of a high. Um, so I think if you own Harry Kane, obviously don't sell him. Um, and I think there's some potential in, you know, a Kulazewski. Um So, yeah, I think um, it's going to be an interesting game. But Leicester, Madison does make them a better side. Tete looks like a good player. Um, they like to attack. Um, but that will suit Spurs because Spurs like teams that come at them like Man City did. 
we don't like teams that play a yeah. low block. So, yeah, this this could have goals. Uh, I think Harry Kane will get a couple. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a three a three one to Spurs. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna score a couple. Um, maybe Dan Juma to come off the bench and, and nick one. But I think although I think the Spurs defense will get tighter as the season goes on and it'll get better. Um, I think Leicester will just have a bit too much with, like you said, with Madison and Tate. And I think they'll, they'll find a way to score, but I think Spurs might win it by three goals to one. So yeah, exciting. And um, yeah, I think Harry Kane's going to have a big week. Well, there's a reason why they call him the Mal man, because he delivers every week. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had someone to put that I read that in a group chat somewhere. I just started laughing because it's so true. He's just so consistent. But, you know, it might just do a bit of a um, talk about the history of this fixture. So Son in their last uh, three games against um, Leicester City has five goals and Harry Kane in his last four has four goals. So, yeah. And there's also an average of a lot of goals in these fixtures. I think there's been a 6-2, a 3-2 a 3-1, a 4-2. So there's always goals in this fixture. So for me, it's probably going to be one of the top games this weekend. So definitely think you should tune in and watch the mailman deliver yet another goal. And I'm very disappointed because <laughs> I can't get him in my side this week. So um, I'll be watching uh, with envy for all the owners. But we'll get into our next fixture, which is Southampton at home to Wolves. Um, I'm not overly excited about this fixture. I know Wolves <laughs> have had a bit of a resurgence, but... This fixture just doesn't really doesn't scream anything exciting towards me. I'm going to say one nil to Southampton. I think um, it's going to be a tight fixture. Both teams will get their chances, but I think Southampton will want to bounce back this week and get a nice result. So they're going to go one nil to Southampton. What about you, Manny? Yeah, you're right. It's not a game that you know everyone's going to sort of get off their seats to watch. But yeah, Wolves have had a turn the corner a little bit. Um, they've got a good coach now. Um, this is like lucky got against Liverpool. It's just this typical game that Ruben Neves will come out and score a screamer or score a free kick. And, you know, Wolves will go one lap and they'll look really good on the eye and we'll all get excited for Wolves in their double game week. And then in the 90th minute, James Ward-Prowse will pop up with a free kick himself and the game will then 1-1. So, yeah, I'm going to go 1-1. <laughs> it's just got that sort of like feel to it. So <laughs> it's a shame with Wolves because they've got a double game week with Fulham and Liverpool away. And, you know, you, you'd, you'd think if this was the Wolves a few years ago with Jota, Jimenez, you'd be like one in Jimenez. You'd be one in Jota. Um, you know, you'd be really excited. But now it's like, who are you really looking at bringing in? Like you might punt on Neves. Obviously, your man Jose Sar, but like other than that, like there's there's not much in it. Cunha, the striker, like he's been getting limited minutes. He's not really a a massive scorer of goals. Doesn't get many goals. Like he didn't get many at Atletico either. So like, yeah, I think yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. Unless you're a fan of either team, like it's not going to be a huge game for FPL this weekend at all. No, definitely, and I might play a bit of a, a game with D10 this week and see how much I convince him over the next few weeks to get Jose Sar in game week 25. So, Because um, <laughs> we all know how much um, he likes Jose Sar, so we might be able to um, see if I can convince him by game week 25 to get him in. But we'll get into our next fixture, which is Arsenal at home to Brentford. As you alluded to, it 
it could be quite a tight fixture for Arsenal. Brentford have been a lot better, but I think Arsenal are going to try and make a statement. Obviously, this is the first game of their double, so I'm going to say 3-0 to Arsenal. I think they're going to score goals this game. As much as Brentford's been a bit better, I think that Arsenal are just going to have too much, and they have looked a little bit sluggish the last few weeks, so I think they're going to want to make a statement, and I think a big 3-0 win to them. And I think... Odegaard, Saka, Nakedia, I think are three massive assets this week. I think if you have maybe two of them at least, I think um, you'll be in good stead for this week. And I think if you do have Ben White, um, even a Saliba or a Gabriel, definitely think those are great options. I don't mind Ramsdale as well. Definitely gets the save points because he'd be coming up against um, City as well. And, you know, it wouldn't be like City not to get a few shots off. So I think he could be an all right pick this week as well. But what are your thoughts, Manny? Yeah, look, obviously I've been sort of talking up Brentford and their form and, you know, how well they've been defending and, and playing. And, and you know, um, Thomas Frank's done such a good job there and it's a very underrated job. Um, you know, I'm surprised you know, he's not been, not that he'd want to leave Brentford because, you know, they're a good club, but... Surprised he's not been sort of linked with with some other jobs as well when they sort of when other teams sat managers. But as good as Brentford have been, I think yeah, Arsenal will um, they find a way at home this season. Um, you know, we saw it in the game against obviously against your team, Man United at the end. There was just a goal right at the end, and they just found a way. And um, yeah, I think I think they'll find a way in this one. So um, yeah, I think Arsenal will, will win. Um, Maybe it'll be tight though. Maybe one nil, two nil with a late goal, possibly with a couple of scares from Brentford. Um, and I think, yeah, like I said earlier, you can have Erdegaard, Saka, and Ketia, and that's probably the dream triple up. But if you've only got room for Erdegaard and Ketia and Ramsdale or Erdegaard and Ketia and Ben White or or um, you know Saka. Odegaard, Ben White, then I think any two of the three of that combination is fine. Um, yeah. As for Martinelli, it's typical of FPL that the managers that sell him will probably end up regretting it because this is the week that he does something and it always seems to be the case. Um, but yeah, I still think I'd rank Saka as the, the one option, Odegaard as the second best option and then Ketia as the third best option. Um, from from the Arsenal players this weekend. No, definitely, I agree. I think Odegaard um, has been probably their most consistent since the World Cup break, but Saka last week looked really good. So definitely think those two are the best options this week. But we're getting to our next fixture, which is Fulham at home to Nottingham Forest. I'm going to back Forest, actually. Um, they looked a lot better um, the last few weeks. So I'm going to back Forest to get get the result here. I'm going to say 2-1 to Forrest. I'm going to say Brennan Johnson again. I'm going to double up from my last pod last week where I, I liked him heading into their fixture. I like him again. I think he looked really good. He On paper, the stats aren't going to sort of say that he had a massive game, but every time he made runs, got on the ball, he just looked so threatening going forward. So I think he's going to be a pick this week against Fulham. What about you, Matty? Yeah, Johnson ever since... Um... I think we spoke about him. I've been on my pod and we both spoke about him and he's been on fire ever since. And like, yeah, he's such a big threat. Um, I like him. I like him a lot for that game. Um, 
Yeah, Forrest at the moment, like hats off to them and Fulham are both been brilliant this season um, to be in the positions that they are. Um, but Forrest as well, like they got written off relegation candidates, um, you know, and, and now like if you look at the league table, I think they're sitting sort of in mid-table, um, you know, they're, they're keeping it a bit tighter at the back. Like you probably wouldn't even, they, this, they could still go down, but like, you know, they've got a decent um, like, you know, buffer of points now to, to sort of be comfortable in mid-table. Um, I think this game against Fulham could go either way. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I'll back Mitrovic to score for Fulham. I think he's due a goal. Um, and then, yeah, I think Johnson from from Forrest is, is their main threat right now. So, yeah, I think maybe a 1-1. And Kilo Navas to make about at least seven or eight saves. Um, maybe even say, I think Mitrovic will score, but he does have a... Sh- a strange record with pen. So maybe Navas might make a pen save. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Navas, like I said earlier, he could be a good pick for Forrest. So yeah, 1-1. One, one. No, I like it, mate. Yeah, I could see at least eight saves. I could also see 15 saves. So um, the way he was playing the other night against Leeds, he was just stopping everything. So yeah, I think save points could be on the cards there in a low-scoring game. So he should um still get a decent return. But we'll get into our next fixture, which is Bournemouth at home to Newcastle. As much as Bournemouth looked a lot better on the weekend, I'm going to say Newcastle to get the win. I'm going to say at 2-0. Um, I could see Trippier getting max bonus again. I could get, see him getting an assist. And I do like the shout at Keller Wilson. I thought he looked really good on the weekend. He got in some really good positions. Um, the stats will say that, you know, he had a few shots, got the goal, but... I think this could be a week where with the service from Trippier, he could come away for double. So I think Callum Wilson is a nice pick for this week. And I think Trippier um, definitely, uh, I would say captaincy option, a bit of a maverick captaincy option this yeah, week because you do is, have actually. double City. But, um, yeah, I like Newcastle this week. 2-0 for me. What about you, Manny? I think Newcastle will win. Bournemouth, yeah, still haven't obviously... You know, the, the problem with Bournemouth now is like, say like Everton, they bring Sean Dyche in because they want to get, they want to stay up and they know there's potential for him to succeed there. Whereas Bournemouth, yeah, they've still yet to do that. They're kind of ticking along. God, I just, I can't see him beating Newcastle. Newcastle 2-0. Callum Wilson's the FPL pick for me with Trippier. Um, I think Wilson will get a couple of goals. Trippier will probably assist at least one. He'll get himself on the bonus again. Um, and, yeah, Wilson with a couple. I think, yeah, 2-0, 2-0 to Newcastle. And, yeah, Bournemouth, I think, will um, we'll struggle. I think it's going to be a good week for the um, the Botman and Trippier Club or the Trippier and Nick Pope Club. I think it's going to be a good week for them. So, yeah, 2-0 to Newcastle. And I think they they, they get back on the winning train because they've had some, um, you know, a couple of games where they've had a few too many draws. And I think this is the one that they'll come out and win. No, I like it, mate. I think um, definitely um, Newcastle are looking good for this week. Bournemouth, I just don't think they've got enough to trouble Newcastle. Their defense has been really good. But we'll get into the next fixture, which is deja vu for me. We've got Leeds United (laughs) at home to Manchester United. Um, This fixture could have went either way. Um, This morning, I thought the first half we were horrible. Leeds are really good. They, They pressed us. Um, and, you know, had a bit of fun in the midfield there. They got a lot of freedom, and Nonto obviously looked really good, but that second half kicked in the gear. Rashford, Bruno, everyone was uh, getting forward, and 
Rashford could have easily finished with a couple more goals, and I think this could have been a win for United. So I'm going to say the first half was the wake-up call that uh, Manchester United needed, and I think that they're going to go to Leeds home ground. I think they're going to put on a bit of a, a clinic, and I could see it being about 3-1 to United. I think they're going to want to make a statement after such a poor first half. And, you know, Casemiro is still out, but... I think the more um, games that Sabitza plays, I think he's going to be a lot better. And Fred just looked lost in the middle of the park. So I'm not sure whether he'll start this game. They might start someone else. But I think it'll be a much improved performance from United. I'm going to say 3-1. And I think Rashford is going to be a pick. And I think Bruno, obviously, if people still hold on to him this week, I think he's going to be a good pick as well. So, yeah, for me, United at Masterclass. What about you, Matty? Yeah, it's... It's an interesting one with United. I was that what I will say is a few weeks ago I thought United might have been in a title race and I am a little bit disappointed that we're a few games down the track and they've like, I'm happy the points have been dropped because obviously I want Spurs to make the top four. But I would have liked to see United in the title race because obviously Arsenal were top and I and I thought United were maybe gonna pick up a few more results lately. The Leeds one I didn't expect them to drop points. Um you know, there was the Palace one a few weeks ago, the Arsenal one and I feel United are ticking along nicely this season, but there's still the odd game away from home where we saw it at Palace, we saw it against Arsenal, we saw it against Aston Villa, where they'll just have a moment in the game where you know, like to where there's just twenty, thirty minutes where they just they just don't look good. And yeah, this leads one after the result this morning. It's become tougher to, to, to predict. I would have said, like, if if United... I thought United were going to breeze this morning and I thought they were going to do the same on Sunday at LM Road. But now, it's tough. It's tough. I'm going to say there's definitely going to be goals. Um, I'll go... I'll go 2-1 to Man United this time. I'll go 2-1 to United. I think... I think you'll respond and you'll get the points. Um, and Rashford's obviously a keep. Like, don't sell Rashford. He's just on crazy form. Um, Bruno, good record against Leeds. Didn't do anything today, but maybe Bruno might return in this one. Um, so, yeah, I, I will back United. I'll, I'll go 2-1. Um, and I think, yeah, keep Rashford. Might even be able to keep Bruno for this. Um, and, yeah, Gennato, the striker from Leeds, if you've got him, he's probably... You'd still probably, um, if you had a spare space in your lineup, you'd probably still play him in this because, you know, he's a threat. So, um, yeah, would you play Luke Shaw in this one, though, Q? Um, I was having this conversation with Dan this morning. <laughs> he said after watching this performance, Shaw is uh, not going to be starting this week for me. But I, I think he was, he got in a lot of good positions. So even um, even not from a clean sheet point of view, I think that he um, – he come close to a few crosses, um, got into the box a couple of times as well. So from an attacking upside, I probably would starting this week. Um, but obviously, if you if you got, uh, I'd actually probably start him over an Arsenal defensive asset because wow, I think okay. you're kind of maybe banking on a clean sheet in the Brentford game. But I just don't know much about why it's upside for attacking. Whereas, sure, if 
we show up and play proper football that like we've played, you know, the last seven, eight weeks, there's a chance we could go in and win two nil against Leeds, get the clean sheet and Shaw could get a attacking return. But I think the upside is there for the attacking return, but obviously people are going to look at um, the fixture and obviously watching this morning, people aren't going to be too confident, but I'm pretty confident that there's a bit of upside there in attacking. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, but we'll get into the next game, which is Manchester City coming up against um, Arsenal. This fixture could be a cracking game or it could be a very tight chess match where we're going to maybe see a couple of goals. I'm going to say I'm going to say City. City to win this game at 2-1, I think. Um, it's going to throw a bit of a spinner in the works for the title. Um, I think Haaland's going to score. I'm going to back KDB to get some sort of attacking return this game um, in what will be a really good fixture. But, yeah, I think for me, um, I'm going to go Captain Haaland this week. I think he's a good shout. Um, probably has the biggest opportunity to play both games if you're looking at him and KDB side by side. So, yeah, for me, the pick will be Haaland for captaincy. And then, obviously, we've spoken about the likes of Saka and Odegaard, you know, good picks and could easily see them uh, scoring this week. But what are your thoughts, Manny? Yeah, this is a tough one. City do have a fairly good record the last few years at the Emirates. But then there was also a period before that where their record was a bit more sketchy at the Emirates. Arsenal are on form. They've looked good at home this season. There's something not going right at City at the moment. Normally I'd say City are going to blast the second half of the season. They're going to go on a run. They're going to win every game. We've seen them do it for years now. But everything that's come out in the last week is either going to go one way or the other, isn't it? It's either going to be they come out firing with a point to prove you know, they've done nothing wrong, blah, 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 or they just shut down and continue to lose football matches. So I say continue, they've obviously only lost to Spurs and, and um, Man United a couple of weeks ago, but um, oh, I'm going to have to back Arsenal. I have to back Arsenal to win. Like it's just from what I've seen from them this season and it is... It's hard to say, but I've got to. I've got to say, like I just after what I saw in the Spurs City game, I just don't see how Arsenal don't win this game against them with the form. I know they lost to Everton, but Emirates midweek. I think I think Arsenal will uh, will come out and win this, and I think it could be. I think they could blow City away. There's just something not right there at the moment. Two 0 to Arsenal. I like it, mate, and a, a you know very big of you to um, back your neighbourly club, mate. So um, <laughs> don't know whether you hate City or whether you're just uh, yeah talking realistic, but I think it's a bit of both. <laughs> well, um, we'll get while we're talking about City, we might get into the um, other fixture, which will be the first fixture of the double against Aston Villa. I think this is the biggest opportunity for points. A lot of people are going to be banking on. Um, Harlan to sort of do his usual thing where he just pops up for half a game, scores a hat-trick, goes off, gets two bonus, and, you know, everyone's happy. So I think this could definitely be a game where um, Harlan can uh, shine and get his, his his hat-trick. And I think KDB, if he starts, I think this could be a game that he gets, you know, some returns as well and, 
you know, hoping people that do have Mares will be hoping that he starts this game as well instead of the Arsenal game. But yeah, I'm going to say I could see City winning this game 3 0. Um, and yeah, Harlan could be the pick for me this week. What are your thoughts, Matty? Yeah, I think, yeah, you can't look past, you can't look past Harlan really. Um, Harland, obviously, I like Alvarez. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Like, it's hard to be. I don't want to sound like I'm just because Spurs beat Man City last week that like I'm sort of bagging out Man City, especially with everything that's happened in the last week. But I don't know. I know it's a, a double game week for them, but like it's just. Outside of Haaland and Edison, because he plays both games, who I wouldn't even invest in because of his price. Like, yeah, there's not huge. Like, I like the, the thought of Alvarez, but outside of that, I just don't think there's much else. Like, yeah, like, do you know what I mean with the Bruyne? Like, what's he really yep. done since the restart? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's he really done? Um, he sort of secretly creates chances like it's not – he just has been a little bit underwhelming, but I'm, I'm banking on hopefully that he's got his head right and this is a fixture that he can do well in. But, yeah, like you said, they have been underwhelming and they've had a lot lot of stuff that's happened this week as well. Yeah, well, these are like City's results since the restart. We've had 3-1 at Leeds. Um, Harland obviously had a great game that day, nothing from De Bruyne. One, one against Everton. Um, nothing from De Bruyne. One nil away at Chelsea, good result. Nothing from De Bruyne. Two one away at Man United, assist for De Bruyne, but didn't really look that good. Four two at home against Spurs. Uh, De Bruyne wasn't available, didn't play. Um, but they won the game. Three nil at home to Wolves, six points. One nil away to Spurs again. Guardiola didn't start him. And he, and he played 30 minutes, didn't do anything. So, yeah, I still back City to win. But like I said, in, I've said in, in most of the analysis tonight, like I think Haaland, you can own Haaland. If you've already got De Bruyne, you keep him, you play him. Um, but yeah, I think outside of Haaland, there's no sort of set player. Like I said, I don't mind a gamble on Alvarez, maybe Grealish, because yeah. you know, he's obviously ex-Villa. Um, played against his old club this weekend, but yeah, it's a it's a sticky one with City at the moment. We just you just don't know how they're going to bounce back with all this this scrutiny on them in the last week because what's come out and the, and the allegations that have come out, um, you know that that could affect them. You know that they're going to the players are going to see the stuff, they're going to hear this stuff. You know, there's going to be yeah. there could be a tense atmosphere in the stadium when they when they play. So yeah. Hard one, hard one to. Like I said, I'm not bagging them out because you know they could end up coming out and just turning both Villa and Arsenal over and winning both games. But yeah, for me, I think it's Harlan is the key one. If you got De Bruyne, you keep him, you play him. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about not having a triple up uh, on them. I, I don't think you need to worry too much. It's, it's really all about Harlan this weekend. Yeah. No, definitely. We might get into the second Arsenal fixture. So Arsenal's second fixture. Um, oh, no, we already have. Never mind. <laughs> Scratch that. 
Um, we'll get into our last, which is Liverpool at home um, against Everton. It's a derby. Yeah, it's going to be a great fixture in terms of uh, obviously being a derby, but I do recall us doing a watch along to this fixture earlier in the season. I think um, I went Captain Salah, and it was a very miserable game. I think, um, what was it, uh, Pickford making about 50,000 saves. And he hit Um, the post at the end, though. You were unlucky that day when he hit the post. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because... So they really need to make a statement. And is this the game that they come out in a derby, make a statement and smash um, Everton? I'm not sure. I don't no. think that they will. I think I reckon my prediction for this game, I'm going to say 1-0 to um, Liverpool. I think Gapco is going to get um, a return, whether it's the goal or the assist, but I think he's going to be the main play this game to look at. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Just not really uh, excited by these Liverpool assets. As I said earlier, I was on Salah up until um, this week now. I got him out for KDB, but I've been on that ship. It was, you know, it looked like a remake of the Titanic. I was the captain of the ship going down, and, you know, I thought there might have been a life raft and he might have got points, but um, no life raft, and I'm, <laughs> I sunk to the bottom ocean with my Salah. So, I got off this week and um, went to KDB. So I think yeah, it's a good move. I that's can't... a sensible move. I know I was just saying <laughs> stuff about De Bruyne, but I think that's different. Like if you already own him or if you've got Salah, then that's just, that's an easy move to make. If you're taking a minus eight to bring De Bruyne in because he's 12 points on a million and you can't afford him in one transfer or two transfers and you're that desperate to have him, I wouldn't bother. But when it's Salah to De Bruyne, that's a simple, that's a simple, I think that's a, a good, good transfer. No, definitely. It's probably sensible um, three weeks ago. But um, as I said to you, I'm going to give a bigger, bigger sample size to some players and, um, yeah, probably one player that didn't deserve the bigger sample size. But what are your thoughts on this match, mate? Um, yeah, like it's, it's interesting because it's like a Merseyside derby that no one's talking about. And it is a shame because these are, you know, big fixtures. Um Maybe there'll be a bit more hype as the weekend goes by. Sean Dyche is now in charge of Evan, which is going to make it even more interesting because, you know, he's going to want to go there and back up the Arsenal game with a result. Um, Evan have won once at Anfield in about 30, 20 odd years now. And that win was in the lockdown season when Liverpool, similar to this season, were not going through a good time, had a ton of injuries. But they still managed to finish third that season Liverpool. I don't think they're going to get away with it this year um, because although they've got the injuries, they're playing even worse. So, like, the actual game itself, like, it's a derby. Liverpool are just so bad at the moment, but their record against Devon is, is good enough that I think they won't lose the game. But I think the Ginger Mourinho will find a way to get a result. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, Liverpool to go 1-0 up. I think Darwin Nunes will score and everyone will get excited and they will get ready to bring him in for game week 25 because he scores. Um, he'll miss a string of chances to go two up and then a late goal from Tarkovsky and, uh, from a header and it'll be 1-1. That's my prediction. <laughs> like it, mate. 
<laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. Um, and, yeah, I could see Nunez doing exactly that, getting a goal and then next week kicking himself in the face and it goes out for a goal kick. So <laughs> it's, it's the, the life of Nunez, mate, at the moment. It's just you think that he's, you know, primed to get and then, uh, yeah, just kicks himself in the face and, yeah, you just stay far away from him till he shows a bit of consistency. But that wraps up our fixtures and our also our podcast this week. Um, I'll be coming on your um, live stream possibly tomorrow night. So we'll talk a bit more about obviously our our transfer moves and the captaincy picks. Um, but yeah, it was lovely having you on again, mate. And uh, thanks for stepping up as a co-host of the podcast, uh, seen as Damo's taking a leave of absence. <laughs> now, thanks for having me on again. It's, it's, it's been really good. And, you know, last week I come on the pod, I think I got the, um, you know, obviously last season there was the, you know, if you if you come on the FPL Amateurs of Oz pod, you'd get a really high score and a green arrow. And it was like a, you know, a not a curse. It was like a, a nice spell. And, um, you know, I come on last week, I got a really good score. So I'm hoping coming on this week means I'm going to get a good score again this week. So, yeah, if that continues, I'll, I'll try and come on as much as I can. But, yeah, looking forward to um, the deadline stream tomorrow on on, um, on the YouTube. So, yeah, it'll be good to, uh, to have you on there, Q. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this game week. No, definitely. And and like we say, um, we said most weeks last season, 60% of the time, every time you'll get a green arrow when you do come on the podcast. So um, the trend might be back alive this season, but, you know, it could be a one-hit wonder like Darwin Nunes. So we'll have to see. But for all of our stuff, head over to our Twitter, FPL Amateurs Oz. Um, you'll find our podcast on Pod. Uh, Podbean, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and if you do like our content, do drop us a rating. Um, regardless of um, whether you listen to us regularly, if you've just liked this episode, definitely give us five stars. It'll help us sort of reach further out to the people that sort of are looking for more FPL podcasts. And also head over to Matty's Twitter, FPL Matt Day. He has YouTube. He does his um, TikTok videos as well. A lot of great content there, has captain picks every week, has differentials. So definitely a good variety. And then obviously he does the deadline streams every week. And if all things go to plan, I'll be on his show tomorrow night and we'll have some nice juicy picks for you heading into the (laughs) week 23 deadline. But till then, good luck this week and we'll see you next week.